Freedom to fly? Another way of saying freedom to run. And so it goes with the crew of the experimental starship Void Jammer. And the clock never stops ticking. Unpaid bills, old enemies, and a rifle crew nip at their heels as they strike out for the Beskari. Friday, Saren, Relora, and Ballad know that when work comes calling, you grit your teeth and bear it. Sometimes simple folk don't live simple lives, and these former cargo haulers turned merchant smugglers will discover just how complicated their future stands to be as they enter a dangerous game. No rules, no time, no guarantee of safety. Just another day on the job, far beyond the stars. Okay. Welcome. A wild jam bike appears. A wild. I say, oh, I jam, love it. Jam bike. Is jam that bike. the jam bag noise? Sure. What noise is that from? Is that a Tron noise? That's a Transformers. Transformers. It's a Transformers noise. I've. I was. I was never into mechas or robots. Really, that was. That was not my my zone of nerddom. What was everybody? What's what your zone of nerddom? Nerddom. Uh, hmm. Definitely, like aliens and space travel. Oh, yeah, same. Which and I understand there's some crossover you know? there, but <laughs> well, that's true. Surprising, it didn't hit though. Hmm. I like anything whimsical. As a kid, it was anything cartoony. I mean, I wanted to be a cartoonist when I grew up, so I was just watching all the cartoons. Um, I, you know what? I I wasn't big into Transformers the cartoon. I did like the Transformers toys. One of my favorite was, was it Soundwave? Because he had his little minions and I had one that turned into a a cassette, like an audio cassette, and it turned into like a little monkey. God, I love that Probably one. the coolest Transformer in my childhood memory that now I probably will buy as an adult because I have income and can buy all sorts of crap <laughs> that I don't need, but I want. God, I love being an adult with no children. <laughs> right <laughs> double income no kids you're such a dink i'm such a dink <laughs> oh damn those kitty lit the kitty litter things that i buy those are like pricey i buy the crystallized ones that do the auto scoop so you just change <laughs> the whole cartridge on the bottom because the machine just like scoops away the crystals and is good for like a um I think with all the cats, it may be a month. If it wasn't for so many of them, it lasts longer. But other than that expense, absolutely buy all the crap that I want. <laughs> it's just—it's just a different kind of robot robotic toy. Hey, there you go. You know, hmm, it's good still, segue. It's yeah. still fancy. You're so bougie. <laughs> Soundwave, clean this cat poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about anybody else? Uh, let's see. My major toy collections were uh, micro machines, transformers, oh, and uh, and teenage mutant ninja turtles. So, oh, uh, uh, I I so what was funny is I always had the good. I never wanted the bad guy versions of those toys. I always wanted the good, only the good guy version of the toys, which which definitely has not 
expanded to adulthood of like my personality, but, uh, uh, I, I tend to not like the things that seem bad. Um, uh, so why I didn't ever do anything under chaotic good. It seems like I can't seem to ever even bump into chaotic neutral, no matter how hard I try. Uh, <laughs> I just always want to go there, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's that, that and probably Batman, the animated series where my, my, uh, Oh, and, and, and the Disney, uh, afternoon cartoons, all of them. Uh, that, that was probably my zone of cartoon, my cartoony influence of, uh, childhood influences. Mm hmm. What about you, Jess? You have this wry smile on your face. Like either you're thinking about it or you're, you're like, I'm going into memories and it makes me smile. I'm trying to, I don't, I wasn't like a huge fan of the, I wasn't like a fandom person for a long time. When I was a little kid, I would like, uh, I had Barbies and I would tear them apart and play crime scene. So, um, That's awesome. <laughs> Wednesday I Adams. So much. And then, <laughs> <laughs> this was also the period of time where I had a giant black rubber rat named squeaky r.i.p i should never have let one of our dogs tear it apart but um oh no. i would carry him in a baby blanket and i would also push him around in a stroller so i was a little freak um, you're so cute that was adorable. <laughs> you adorable little weirdo <laughs> a little spooky child i was born goth uh <laughs> <laughs> I guess I had we had a lot of um horse toys as well for a long time. We were horse girls. So mm-hmm. we would we would play out stories with the horses, you know. Oh, uh you and we, we apart, grew up like crime scene. Yeah, no, well the horses didn't come apart. Unless you had to make way more of an effort to get the horses. That's the only reason why. Barbie, it's really easy to pop her head off, remove a couple arms, like pop a leg out. It's Make He's make kidding. a Franken Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the joints come right out. It's it's great. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I. And then by the time I was older, I mean, I've never really been like a toy person. We did have like a shit ton of Beanie Babies, but I'm thinking about, you know, whether or not that was something we really wanted, or if our parents just got them because they assumed we wanted them. I don't know. I, I've never been much of a like toy collection person. I'm like looking around my room. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I have things, but <laughs> it's just stuff. Like Brandon got me something randomly for th- that I don't, I wouldn't own if he didn't, as, as kind of a joke, get me these things. So I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough, Heidi. So let's see. Let's take a trip in the Wayback Machine. Wayback Machine. Um, I, so I was a Transformers kid, but specifically I was a Beast Wars kid. Because uh, <laughs> I was a kid in like like the early 90s when Beast Wars was like the height of CGI television shows. <laughs> and yeah. the entire premise is, what if the Transformers arrived on Earth before human life had really evolved? And so all of the, instead of being cars, they are animals, right? So all the Transformers, Transformers toys were like, um, you know, you have, uh, 
you have Cheetor, um, Optimal Optimus, mm-hmm. uh, who is a gorilla. Um, <laughs> Raticate? No, that's a Pokemon. Oh. Rata. Oh, I forgot. That's I right. <laughs> um, I can't think of what his name was. Uh, Megatron was a T-Rex for a while. Hell yeah. Um, but but then he, something happened in the in the show, and he ended up becoming a uh, dragon, oh. which I still have. I still have that dragon. It was a gift uh, for my uh, fuck my eleventh birthday. Yeah. Um, and why would you get I, rid of that? That sounds incredible. <laughs> it's super cool. I broke like the, I broke a little piece of it, so like the wing doesn't work anymore, and I lost like the the the, the missiles that mm-hmm. fired out of it, but. Um, the my one of my favorites uh like two of my favorites were depth charge uh who is a manta ray there Pimp. there's a tiger hawk who is a fusion of a tiger and a hawk together like it's a white tiger the hawk <laughs> yes. uh like that's part of the, the metallic line of transformers beast wars toys where like they had like um chrome painted pieces they were not impact metallic in any way except for like the joints um like the little metal pins and then um tarantulas who is does not look like a tarantula just looks like a spider of some kind uh that is one of my favorites uh he has three modes specifically he has tarantula mode um robot mode and motorcycle mode oh my god (laughs) op like uh i i still have that toy that was that was a gift from my childhood best friend um so hold on to that for a lot of emotional reasons besides that though um when i before beast wars was a thing i was a gi joe kid uh, I had like the little like the sh- the small GI Joes. Uh, I had a ton of them, and uh, this is a call out for. <laughs> I've definitely mentioned this the show on the on the show before, but uh, I had most of the Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, the Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is a series of anthropomorphic uh cows uh, who are cowboys uh, who <laughs> live on the Moo Mesa. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh and it is um Yeah, it's uh, I, I wish I still had those toys. They are incredible. I bet. <laughs> like, I bet. But, yeah. Beast Wars sounds so much cooler than standard Transformers. I don't even know what to do mm-hmm. with myself. I'm super jealous that I grew up in the actual standard Transformers era and not in the Beast Wars era. Uh, that's awful. Because uh, <laughs> that sounds amazing and I would have been so into that. By the way... The cowboy of Mubisa theme raw was a bop, and uh, yeah, it it was it was good. I just re- remembered how good of a theme song it was. I feel like we played it w- one episode. I mean, not for the audience, obviously, but I don't remember it. But I was going to say, Abby, you know, in case you're interested at all, there is a new Transformers movie coming out that brings in the characters from Beast Wars. I might watch it. I might it's, do it. <laughs> yeah. The Rise of Beasts. I don't, oh. and it's it's got like a 
it's got um what's his face uh anthony ramos uh who was in hamilton as one of the main characters um looks like they it looks like they have gotten rid of like all of the people that were previously associated with transformers like from directors to oh that is like even the news continues to be excellent on that score like, it's like no more no more michael ball or whatever his name is michael bay that's his yeah name. <laughs> no more michael bay no more um, no more Shia LaBeouf, no more marky mark <laughs> no more no marky more, mark <laughs> <laughs> no more fun bunch oh my god uh, <laughs> i didn't know they were involved i'm an inventor <laughs> I just all I think like, all I remember from the Marky Mark's uh, Transformers movie was that he spent like ten minutes um, having a conversation about like Romeo and Juliet laws about why it's okay for like a nineteen year old to be dating like a seventeen year old. What? I don't think he was. Yeah, <laughs> like in, in uh, yeah, his daughter, his daughter was dating like an eighteen year old, and like the kid was explaining to him why it was okay. Uh huh. Like y- you know. Because they had started dating before he turned 18 or whatever. And like, it's. I yeah. mean, sorry, but why are you navigating what? this conversation in fucking Transformers movie? In Transformers? Yeah. Transformers. Hello? Yeah, exactly. Hello? I'm an inventor. Just, I'm Maki Mark. I'm an inventor. I'm Maki Mark. <laughs> Um, yeah. I don't know what my character's name is. I'm super sold on Transformers Rise of Beasts because I do recognize Anthony Ramos. Uh, he was amazing. And also, apparently, Michelle Yeoh's in it. And I will watch anything. Oh, yeah. I'll watch anything oh, cool. with Michelle Yeoh in it. Um, and incredible. I think she knows that. That's why it keeps putting her. She That's why she keeps taking movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she keeps putting herself in Star Trek. Um, oh, Michelle Yeoh, so awesome. So awesome. Uh yeah, I've uh, I've always been a, an aliens and space travel kid, hence why I was an Animorphs book collector mm. and still oh, yeah. a huge fan, big proponent. Love it, <laughs> so good. Uh, and also, I was a big I've been I've been a adorable dorky Star Trek person for about as long as I can remember. So yeah, we're gonna segue right into us. Yeah, because it's classic and amazing and so much better than star wars i could scream their one comment before we start we have there were video home videos of me in a diaper sprinting into the room as soon as the tng theme song started and just grooving (gasps) in my diaper (laughs) you said there's footage we need to see this we need we need to find and digitize it because it's the funniest fucking video Jess, you were the cutest child on the entire planet. I am convinced of it. Every childhood story you tell just makes me want to go like just like pinch child Jess's little cheeks. <laughs> you cute, cute fucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh it is time to start and dancing in diapers. season <laughs> and dancing in diapers, which we're all currently wearing. sure oh i didn't realize that was the dress code (laughs) how long are we recording abby (laughs) not as long as last time (laughs) till the end of the season (laughs) not for nine hours this time uh so that's good at least speaking of aliens and space travel and being 
five big fucking nerds. This is season four of Far Beyond the Stars, friends. We did it. Season four and beginning book three, which... I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to oversell it. I don't want to overhype it. And I don't want to <gasps> undersell the other books that are coming, but book three might be my favorite. <laughs> okay. okay. Out, of, out, of this, out of this AP. Um, I literally cannot wait and I won't. We're going to get right into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> FYI. I did not tell you at the end of our last session, but you are all... A level five. So I hope that you brought your level five characters <laughs> to this session. Yes, congratulations. Congratulations to all of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay. Let's do it. Recapping uh, the end of season three real quick to catch both the four of you and our audience up after our break. The crew discovered a Section 31 VESC organization, the Adamant Scale, had taken a special interest in them and had been kidnapping pretty much everyone you spoke to in Book 2. You infiltrated COM 31, which is the base in the Marixa Republic where they've been operating, took out their leader, Renavaya, in truly spectacular fashion. That was insane. And you also managed to rescue most of her prisoners, but you did have to leave three of them behind. Rigan, Riche, and Shazarad were not uh, able to make it back with you. <sighs> you also helped Nemolith and Jinx of the Wintermorn rescue their captain Neva and their engineer Dizzy. And Nemolith says they owe you one. So, <laughs> you know, bank that, bank that for later. File that oh, away. Oh, Friday I'm- definitely did. I'm sure uh the I'm sure you will never encounter the crew of the Wintermorn ever again. <laughs> so what it's a, so it's a useless favor. Friday might as be. well forget it. <laughs> Friday will hunt it down and use it regardless. <laughs> you dropped each of your rescued acquaintances and friends off at their respective homes. Not too much the worse for wear. Everyone seemed to be making a relatively quick recovery from Renavaya using the mind siphon on them, which, if you'll recall, altered their personalities, but they seem to be recovering, more or less. And you even briefly may have felt like you'd done some good before learning from a news report that even with Renavaya dead, the adamant scale schemes on, now framing Agavana Stoneblood for Renavaya's crimes. The four of you have had almost no time to process this news or make peace with your part in it because you have received a message from your fixer and Friday's longtime colleague and friend, Tarika. Her daughter, Shan, has gone missing, and all she'll say in her messages is a plea to return to Absalom Station to meet her. The Voyjammer is currently en route, and Rolora was able to pilot the quickest route through the drift from the Viscarian the crew has seen yet. Your journey will only take 24 hours. Woohoo. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, I know. Man. Super fast. Uh, just Rolora absolutely on point with this one. Yes. Currently, all is quiet. It's the ship's night cycle. The lights are low. Your Gabo crewmates are sleeping in a happy Gabo pile in their room. And <laughs> Calamity, your shipboard AI, is bored. 
All systems are running smoothly. There are no experiments to monitor in the Arcane Laboratory, no projects in progress in the tech lab. The captain, Relora, and Saren have each retired to their quarters, and it's Ballad's turn for watch on the bridge. But the android seems preoccupied and lost in thought as they stare out into the drift, and Calamity hesitates to break the silence, feeling shy. That leaves just themselves, alone with their thoughts and their memories, which they'd rather not think about. So they let their consciousness drift, tuning into various microphones, random sensors, experimenting with activating them all at once, which is how they capture a whimpering noise coming from Saren's room. Mm. (sighs) Calamity hesitates, feeling awkward. Is responding a breach of privacy? It's been many weeks since they woke up to their new reality, but they still feel off balance, for lack of a better term, when it comes to the social rules of being part of the ship the crew calls home instead of being one of the crew members themselves. Another whimper, a lonely, frightened sound that seems to come from deep in Saren's throat, your crystals vibrating discordantly. Calamity makes a decision. No, no, go away. Saren? Saren, wake up! What? 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 I I apologize if this was. What? Where am I? You're in your cabin. You're in your cabin aboard the Void Jammer, and I'm I'm sorry to wake you, and I'm sorry if this is a breach of privacy. But you seemed um, you seemed like you were having a real bad dream. Um. Yeah. Give me. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I. I. No. It's. Thank. Thank you for waking me up. Um. That was a. Yeah. That was a really bad dream. Do you uh? <clears throat> Do you want to talk about it? I remember back um, when I was able to have bad dreams, uh, talking them out was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Saren takes just a deep, quivering breath uh, um, that... And then just lets it out in this long sigh. It's like... um. Uh, yeah, um, with, with Tarika mentioning that Shan had gone missing, I, I don't know, I I have this recurring nightmare of an event that happened in, when I was on Entha working with, with Shan, um, I was, yeah, so, uh, I was sent out to... Oh, I was deep underwater uh, in a diving suit, and my I have this... It's all blurry in my memory, so I'm not really sure what happened, but I was sent out to recover the bodies of five of the terraformers that I worked alongside of who had gone missing uh, and while I was down there something got me and I still don't really know what it was but I said so I have this dream of being underwater approaching a, approaching a corpse and then the corpse turns and grabs me and tries to pull me down tries to pull me down further and further and further into the darkness and then there were these eyes that just 
shone in the dark somehow. That's where uh, I think I think you got me. Like you must have woken me up right before, right before the corpse started dragging me under. Oh, the pits. That's terrifying. Do you you don't know you don't know what happened or what? How'd you get out of there? Um, my memory of it's a blur, uh, and I I don't really know um quite what happened. I, I remember my crystals vibrating, and I was breathing heavy, and probably some degree of the lack of oxygen was impacting my senses, and maybe I just hallucinated, but. I think I saw something that scared the, well, to to steal one of the captain's phrases, to scare the living daylights out of me. We had these high-tech diving suits that um, allowed us to traverse the underwater terrain and kind of helped with the the terraforming projects of it. Um, I was deep in a crevasse and... Shan came for me. Um, I'd been alone for hours. I don't... It's hard to know down there underwater how much time is passing. I think my connection on like my my device, it, it had lost power. I didn't really have the ability to fix it underwater. So... Shan was stationed with you there? Or? Yeah, Sh- Sh- Shan was the... Um, well, we were assigned together by Edgecorp on um, Terra 5, which was the terraforming platform. Uh, she was an engineer, though, where I was actually down there doing the doing the mining and the diving. And, you know, she had a tendency to overextend herself. She would probably... Um, she cared a lot about other people and trying to make working conditions better for others. Um, oh God, I hope something. Did, I hope she didn't get trapped down there too. Uh, but she was no, she was. Uh, I think she said she was monitoring one like the screen and had been talking to me, you know, while I was under there. And then like the connection got severed, and she came all the way down for me. Um. Yeah, sort of a friend, sort of a boss, just separate jobs that happen to coincide with one another. I haven't heard from her in a bit, though. Just normal, you know, communication across the vast is and through the drift is. I'm sure you I'm sure you know how hard it is to get that uh, that communication going, but I kind of everything feels like a dream from Entha. And Terra 5 and I don't really like to remember it so I maybe distanced myself too much from her more than I should have after that experience that makes sense to me being sent down alone into a ocean crevasse to recover corpses by yourself <laughs> well fuck edge corp <laughs> And I've got my own feelings about that for my own reasons, but yeah, huge. Yeah. Fuck them. You know, it's funny because it just seemed normal to me. 
It didn't. I was so used to being used. Didn't really know what it was like to not be used until after, until after uh, Friday came and picked me up. We started crewing together. Feel like I've been used most of my life. Is there anything I can do for you tonight? I don't know. Maybe keep me company? Anything that needs any work you need doing? Sometimes that helps me. All things are disgustingly taken care of. (laughs) Everything is ship-shape. It's one of the reasons I was uh, tuning into everybody's microphones. I'm honestly a little bored. (laughs) You ever play any games? I've been trying to put together a game of Gap Finder. (laughs) We could could maybe do like a a one-shot, teach you how to play. Oh, I've just, uh, yeah, I've just accessed all the rules. That seems fun. (laughs) I could run a game for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that, I would enjoy that. Thank you. I've got this special character that I play. (laughs) (laughs) I play this character. Her name is Fiat. She's this little firecracker who doesn't really get bothered by much of anything. How about I run uh, run this feed through a little adventure? I think I'd really enjoy that. Thank you. Okay, we're going to cut to black on that one. Uh, Saren and Calamity quietly playing a game. We're going to head back up to the bridge where Ballad is sort of brooding off into space. What would Ballad be thinking about right now? Ballad is thinking that it's kind of just a repeated refrain of what is the point? And that kind of applies to multiple things. What is the point of me being here? when I can't save everyone what is the point of continuing to do all of this when I keep failing that's kind of her but she's also I mean it's a mixture of that and like you get to a certain age where that kind of spiraling cyclical thinking you become mindful of it especially when you're you know like she's literally a class built around mindfulness so she is mindful that this is not a good way to be thinking and that it's wrong it's just sometimes even with all the mindfulness and the positivity she is sort of forcing in between all of that as a wedge um, to tear it apart it's slow going undoing a sense of resounding failure that has haunted her for a century and a half it's it's this everything that happened to them at the end of last season um it's just sending flashbacks through her brain of a time when her actions resulted in a loss of life for innocent people 
um, and damage to property that, you know, of people she cared about, essentially a rending of a community that she was part of. And it's just, she's just seeing flashes of those buildings burning and people screaming and dead people in the street and then seeing flashes of the people they had to leave behind to die that they couldn't save but they are still you know like I said they're old enough to be sitting there and breathing through it every time they get into a really negative headspace they're breathing they're taking a moment and thinking but think of who we did save what would have happened if we didn't save them but then it comes back around to but the entire reason they were put in that situation is because they were people of interest in our work but you know it's just like it's just going around and around with herself (laughs) (laughs) trying to grapple with the grief Mm -hmm. and definitely with a yeah, very similar situations repeating themselves over and over and over, no matter how hard Ballad struggles to be free of that kind of cycle. Mm-hmm. The cycle, the cycle finds her. Yeah. Entropy and <laughs> creation. <laughs> Does Ballad need sleep? Uh, out of curiosity, I don't really know. With androids. Yeah, so she she does need to sleep. So do you think that she's going to struggle against falling asleep and stay on the bridge or go wake up the next person? I think she's so just a buzz in general right now, like still still grinding her way through her negative thoughts that she's not going to be able to sleep. Like she's having a little bit of a bit of an insomnia moment and I would, I would also think on a flavor, from a flavor standpoint, even though she needs to sleep, it's not nearly, I think, as much or as intense as most biological creatures, I would say. Like, I think she probably, to some degree, also because of her specific um, construction, which is still quite a mystery, <laughs> even amongst other androids, I don't think she sleeps as much as normal people. Uh, or normal androids, I should say. Mm-hmm. So she probably sleeps like four hours a night and is good. And tonight she's putting it off as long as um, she feels like it, essentially. So she's probably not going to go grab anyone unless... Un- I think she'll grab someone after a few more hours of... The way I'd, I'd um, describe it is she is pacing the deck... And they're doing that thing where in in like a movie or a TV show, you would see someone sort of like grappling with their thoughts and, and, and clutching at themselves and talking to the air and waving their arms mm-hmm. around in frustration. They have some moments of like pure stillness where they're just standing and, and trying to meditate um, and trembling as they are and getting angry and and making all these frustrated noises. And there's kind of like a sheen of sweat on them this whole time. And finally they just get frustrated with the whole thing and storm off to, to grab the next person for watch. Okay. So it's going to be around like three in the morning. Uh, by the time 
Ballad finally gets frustrated enough to, you know, go take a break and grab the next person. The next person up for watch was going to be Capitan Friday. Yes. What's up? Uh, time for watch. Switching out. Ah. All right. Let me shake off these uh, cobwebs in my head. How, how's everything going? Uh, nothing, nothing to report, really. It's been quiet. Yeah. Your voice is not usually your voice yourself. Everything okay with you? It will be. I know I'm not as uh, wasn't as you are yourself, being that you've been around for... So you're such an old lady. I've uh, <laughs> been around for so long. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I am a good listener. You ever need anyone to talk to? Thanks, Captain. Uh, it's just that... I've hurt a lot of people. And I keep thinking that everything I do just results in more people being hurt. And I'm not even talking about the people I killed, you know. It's the other stuff. It's the fallout from that. Well, as far as I can see it, unfortunately in in life, somebody's going to get hurt when you have to make a choice. And uh, some of it has greater consequences and some of it doesn't. The best thing I can think about is, were you doing it with an honest heart and a strong heart? Were you doing it to try to make things better? Because I think if that's the goal, if that's what you've been doing, regardless of your success, that's already stands out a lot. Think about it. You could you could just be some edge corp crony like Elaine, who who does nothing but hurt just for her own endeavors. And you could live this lush and great life, but all you're doing is causing hurt all around you. And I think you're doing the opposite. There's hurt happening around you, but at least you're trying to do your best. At least you're trying to make things better. And in this vast darkness of what is space... I think it, we need a lot more you in the world than we need of the selfish and greed that seems to go on everywhere and everywhere around us. Just look at Agavana. You know, she she's she's doing a lot of good. She's trying to make things better. But there's all these people that just are trying to corrupt that work. They're trying to do it for their own selfish greed whether it's for money or for power 
And if it wasn't for people like you or Agavana or any of us for that matter, who would stop them? Who would slow them down? They just ravished this space until there was nothing left. And there'd be so much more suffering, so much more anger, so much more hurt. All we can do is apply a tourniquet and do the best we can and hope things will get better. But unfortunately, no matter what we do, I think people are still going to get hurt. Nothing ever feels good enough. I guess that's the real root of the problem, isn't it? Yeah, but think of all the good we did to, you know, it happens in small little bits. Think about all the people we were able to save and make better. You know, what would have happened if we just walked away? They would have been killed. Their lives would have been squashed. And hopefully that little good reverberates. Maybe those people will in turn do good for for others. And, uh... I think I think we gotta pay it. We gotta kind of hold on to those moments too. If you just hold on all the dark stuff, it never feels good. I mean, yeah, you're right. I know you're right, but I also know how many centuries of violence I've seen. It seems like I can't get the hell away from it. And I don't know. I don't know what to do with myself right now. I had an answer back when uh, things went real wrong in the past. I had an easy answer. (laughs) And I got to take revenge. What the fuck do I do with these feelings now? don't know so but uh you know what for all my age sometimes um it's hard to see the forest for the trees so it's it's good to talk it out captain and uh you're wiser than you think and um i appreciate your words i'll try and believe it i appreciate you you know there's a There's something that seems to always help me when I'm feeling down. What's that? It's not much. And Friday gives gives her a hug, like a really tight hug. Lifts her up a little bit because, you know, he's seven feet tall and she's like five feet tall. (laughs) She laughs a little bit, pats him on the back. It's not much, but at least, you know, knows that you're loved, right? Yeah. I've never, um, never felt as loved anywhere as I do here. Wow, that's, that's, that's what you need to hold on to their ballad. <sighs> Thanks, Captain. Yeah. Now I'm going to go sit in this cockpit and look at the stars. Probably be a little bored. But, uh, <laughs> you get some rest, Okay chat with Calamity. They're feeling pretty bored, I think. 
did Ballad notice some screens flickering or something? Like video, like cameras flicking on and off <laughs> while they were on oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were, I'm sure they've been looking around. Because, you know, they've been stalking the ship doing random crap in general. Uh-huh. Like, they've been cleaning way too much, fiddling with knobs and things like that. Like, just got the, you know, when Calamity said things are disgustingly taken care of, I was like, that's because Ballad has been literally running around the ship just being like, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to fix that, I'm going to fix that. <laughs> um, um, so, they have, like, definitely as they've been doing that, been watching the way Calamity is kind of like watching them. Uh-huh. Watching you watching me. Um <laughs> the two androids. So <laughs> Oh my god, cute. That's super funny. <laughs> well, maybe 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 I'll uh whip something up and make a mess of the kitchen. Maybe that will uh <gasps> cause, cause uh, some entertainment. <laughs> Miss Fanny wakes Ugh. up from a dead sleep. Fanny's <laughs> <laughs> eyes pop yeah, open but- like <laughs> 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 Glass shattering noise. Snap up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Bella. It'll clean it up. He <laughs> Friday gets a little smile. I go, there's, there's that laugh. There's that Bella laugh. <laughs> that, that, there we go. Off I go. All right. See you later. So Ballad uh, heading for their rack. Friday taking up. Uh, are you are you heading to the bridge? Gonna take up a uh, take up your post. Yeah, I gotta take up my post. Okay. So Friday keeping the watch. Another few hours pass by. Possibly Friday gets roped into the game with Calamity and Saren. <laughs> Maybe since they're already up. Yeah, a couple hours pass by, and how about how early do you think Rolora gets up to make everybody breakfast? Since I'm sure that's what uh, that's what they would want to do on such a rough day. They probably already have the crew scheduled down, so they'll probably plan around a good forty five minutes before the first shift folks uh, are getting up. An hour of it, it needs like a little bit more. Like I'm picturing for Saren's meal again. They they've been trying different lighting on the minerals as part of the preparation, um, running currents through it, or using different plates that have different vibration settings. That way, you know that's part of the consuming, you know, uh, crystals or, or you know rocks as as part of like the dining experience. So they have a little bit more complicated earlier but i'm thinking their their normal is a good for 45 minute period because that's enough time for at least a uh a decent uh healthy healthy breakfast you know not a full nine course breakfast but a nice you know just a simple uh filling and healthy nutritious breakfast is that's that's enough time so that's that's probably the routine of they're going to be getting up Okay. So if they are up before everyone, I think they're gonna they're gonna go old school. They're feeling a little nostalgic. Um, so as growing up in kind of like a Callistocrat household, they're very everything that's high nutritious, uh, highly nutritious 
is of high value. Anything that's kind of doesn't add nutritional value is seen as, you know, not not up to the uh, the standards of calistocrats. So no, don't you would think of you think excess when you <laughs> think of calistocrats. You know, with uh, fat bank accounts, but it's like high value. In. They don't sully their bodies. Right. So I'm thinking they're probably this time around, they're feeling a little nostalgic, not their normal, but so they're going austere, but highly nutritious. So stuff that folks that are probably going on a cleanse or they're like, I'm starting to diet, you know, they'd like try and they they swing the opposite direction and try too hard when they start. Um, So they're going, you know, a blended kale, all that stuff you think of when you think of like super nutritious food. So audience, whatever comes to mind, that's going to be awesome for some folks, for other people, cringy. <laughs> it's so whatever that is to the crew. Unsweetened kale smoothie is what comes to mind See? immediately. That, that's it. So, you know, what folks think of, that's what they're putting together um, <laughs> with just a single sausage um, just like a one, just set mm-hmm. to the side for the captain, just because they know they're like, okay, well, the captain's gonna want to have a bacon or something. Um, a lean so they'll, sausage. They'll do though. a simple one, <laughs> a, just one as a kind of like, <sighs> well, you're the captain, so. Have you seen Friday? He is skinny as all shit. He needs to put on some weight. <laughs> <laughs> skinny is not necessarily the greatest measure of health. <laughs> That's true. You still need a kale scrub out. <laughs> so that's the breakfast for today. Okay, so we'll see how we'll see how the crew goes. She, she usually goes all out, but so Miss Fanny got up early to make to make that for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> I had to be all fresh, so she had to go through and wash all the produce, all that fun stuff. You know, measure accordingly. Okay. Plus, she never knows when the when the uh, captain's going to go in and jack up the kitchen. So, you know, buying that extra time to be like, <gasps> when they walk in, there's like, okay, everything better be in this. Okay. <sighs> Not like 13 dishes to make one egg. <laughs> All right. When you're done fixing everything, uh, Calamity volunteers to, call, to summon everyone to breakfast. How does so the- Calamity do that? Oh, the intercom rings out with uh, they're trying to they're trying to liven the mood, so they kind of make a the a like you know like one of those camp trumpets that's supposed to wake <laughs> campers up from the bed. So it's like a dun 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 or something. <laughs> that one, yeah, that dun 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 Oh, is that? It's like that's the one. I don't know what I was else was thinking. Trumpet player. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you the know, it's like we watched the parent trap. Music. <laughs> I, I did watch the parent trap, and that's how they summoned the campers to breakfast. I, I did have to play that some mornings when I was a Boy Scout uh, way back in the day. Nice. So that's what rings out throughout the ship over the intercom. There's a small pause after that happens, and then in a much quieter voice, Calamity said. That that means that means breakfast is served in the galley. <laughs> if you didn't know, I was watching old movies. I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> Were we not still playing? <laughs> well, it's just uh, calamities in AI now, and so they can have multiple subroutines doing multiple things at different times. 
Nice. Fair. They can talk to multiple people get their, at the same time. That's how they get their Naruto powers. They clone themselves 60 times and, mm-hmm. and then learn all these different things and then come back together as one. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So, you know, you had the majority of their focus, but their focus is too vast, is too vast to really be able to completely focus on just one thing. Hmm. Like someone with ADHD. Oh my God, I was just about to make that joke. (laughs) (laughs) A shipboard AI is the ultimate ADHD brain. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Calamity also lets you know, we're going to be coming out of the drift in about three hours, I believe. Uh, Ballad, I will remind you that you got a message from Xavius last season about maybe not coming back to Absalom Station anytime soon because Sinjin has uh, alerted a couple different Golden League families that have outposts on Absalom Station to keep an eye out. So you do know that Tarika has arranged to meet you in a, a kind of unusual place for where you would like ordinarily meet up with her. She doesn't want to meet up at her office. She wants to meet with you uh, in the down low uh, under a temple of Hylax. Okay, well, that makes sense. So you have to dock and get there. Anyone have any breakfast conversation they want to do or should we go ahead and go ahead and dock and we'll, uh, we'll figure it out as we go? Um, I think Friday would want to go to Tarika immediately if she was she sent it in pretty bad shape if I remember right and that you know that worries him uh, especially considering we just lost or just had a, a potential loss of so many friends um, already yeah from, you know and the fact Tarika is seeing hazard I think Friday would be worried that there's there might be a connection there okay the only thing Saren might have right just knowing Knowing what was what Ballad had said about not going back to Absalom Station for a bit is, should we move stealthily? Yeah. Do our best to not draw attention to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and Ballad wants to attempt a new configuration of her face and body. Mm, yes. Yes, please. Oh. Because <gasps> I have some, you know, upgrades to my disguise now. It's a juicy Ooh. plus nine. But that's a roll for you, Abby. Yes, I'm grabbing my dice right now. You're now now instead of you're now instead of a cat woman, you're a dog woman. Oh, (laughs) canine lady. (laughs) Lady, think I was going to get to use my actual dice today, but since it's a secret (laughs) roll, well, I happen to be. You know, I know a little thing about changing one's appearance. Uh, let me know if you need any. If you need a sounding board, I'm, I'm, I'm here to to offer my my support. If you're gonna make some modifications, oh. yeah, that would always um, be really helpful. Thank you. I think she's gonna go for kind of a tallish dwarf. <laughs> a tallish. She's dwarf. pretty short, okay. so she can get away with it. I think. Um, just making her hands like a little bigger, I think, and feet and 
Uh, also not pink, hiding her ears. They're going inside the head, you know, that kind of stuff. Is Big B's voice coming back? Because I could see the, the dwarf have a Big <laughs> B voice. No, I think she's gonna... I think she's just gonna sound like Jess right now. <laughs> she's a lady dwarf. Um, lady Does dwarf. she have a nice luscious beard? Yeah, yeah. She has a little bit of a beard going on, too. Definitely. <laughs> okay, and you have a plus nine, a plus nine in disguise? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if my, my aid, I think factors in aid, I get thrown a plus two bonus. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like what they've done, because, you know, we've talked before about um, both Saren and Miss Fanny fiddling with their impersonation matrix, so maybe they... They throw in some help. Noted. It's important to remember that your center of gravity, even though it hasn't changed, needs to appear as it's changed. Notice the different way I walk with this mass set and like they adjust in to be a little bit more stout. Now notice Ooh. I have to move my arm is a little different, and that's because of what the, the way that the body feels. So this is going to help add okay. that verisimilitude that you're looking for. <laughs> is anyone else attempting a disguise? Absalom Station. Oh, you know what? I'll go with um, who that um, that station. My station form. The tech. Oh, what was that? Bill and Billy? No. Oh, nope. There we go. Esk. Uh, maintenance worker. Absalom. Well, I'll go Sheeran. I'll go Sheeran again. Go and Sheeran. Okay. Dust off the old Esk. Esque suit. <laughs> Love it. I think Saren is going to... Saren, with your plus one to disguise... Oh, boy. Is, <laughs> is going to uh, completely, like... Uh, is going to change up what the crystal main looks like, Forger. So it's... I don't know. I don't know uh, what she's going to have. Maybe do like uh, a lot of little spikes all, all over your head and then um, and then change your legs to be digitigrade, like with like they kind of are more animalistic in nature. OK, I'm going to say for a shimmery and those count as minor details. So, yep, that's what I figured. Right. Yep. I can't because you're not changing <laughs> your color. You're not changing Can't. like your facial features necessarily. You're changing like you're essentially changing a hairstyle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you said you had a plus one. Yeah, with my plus one. Noted. I could offer suggestions also. Oh, mine's a plus twenty three, just in case you needed. Yeah, Angel. I figured. <laughs> okay. was, I figured yours was fucking crazy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, just, just in case you needed it. <laughs> Just in case. Out of all of you, Angel is probably feeling the best about his disguise. (laughs) 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 Or or Laura is feeling the best about their disguise. Uh, Is Captain Friday attempting to disguise himself in any fashion? Friday is shaving his mustache. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, sir. That's a major change. That's going to be a huge uh, bonus to your DC. <laughs> the crew uh, won't even recognize you. 
Get off of the ship uh, now. Oh, he's doing that. He uh, and he's going to change his uh, cowboy hat to a bowler hat. Okay. Whoa. And he's I don't even know you. Dress up in a suit. <laughs> he's going to be look he's going to look like a business professional. Oh no. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, and uh, here's the most startling thing is all of it's like a burgundy. So like uh-huh. he has like his burgundy suit. It's like suit. a burgundy suit, burgundy hat. Yeah. yeah. No mustache. So it's yeah. purple. We're gonna on lose burgundy? you in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> the, the crew's not gonna be able to spot you in the crowd. We'll be like, where did Camden go? Where did Camden go? <laughs> uh, what's your disguise uh, <laughs> bonus? Uh, plus four. We got a plus four. All right. What if what if I just made Saren's change Saren's facial features, but t- to look like a Picasso? <laughs> uh, and I'm also going to also, uh, Abby. I'm going to use one of my new abilities as a level five person who uh, took on this feat called Spot of Luck, which means uh, I can use one RP point to re-roll and take the best of two rolls of a D20. So whatever the higher roll of your two rolls are. Good to know. So disguise is in place. Void Jammer docks with Absalom Station. Calamity tells you, good luck out there. Uh, I wish I could go with you, but I will be here with the engines warm if you need to uh, run back. Sounds like a plan. Uh, and also, Calamity, keep yourself protected. You know, they're not coming after just us. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'll, uh, I got it locked. I'll lock up. Maybe, maybe set up some, like, defense fields. And when you think you have enough defenses, set up, like, a few more. Uh, that's how technology works, right? You just keep throwing stuff at it. Whatever you've installed is what I have. So I will. <laughs> I will set that up. Uh, well, maybe, maybe get a list of things that we could uh, buy for you that might might help make you a little better protected. Then, oh, don't worry about me. I got the gabos. Between the four of us, we can keep this place adequately defended, can't we? Friday's just imagining like a Home Alone style. <laughs> <Right. Right. laughs> That's exactly how it would go down if someone tried to board both the Void Jammer while you were gone. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you head out to where Tarika asked you to meet. Uh, going first through you know, uh, through the docking area into the, the dome, you get on a train that takes you into the spike you arrive at the neighborhood that she asked you to visit kind of strolling uh strolling through you know this uh kind of kind of low rent neighborhood but also nice but nice enough for all that you know there's a, a noodle shop a locksmith one of those horrible payday places <laughs> and uh there's also a small one-story building with a single narrow doorway between a red tea stand and a used Hollywood shop and a handwritten note hanging from the building's door reads church of Hylax meet and greet downstairs every third day. And then underneath is a hasty scrawl in a different color that adds, do not use upstairs restroom. <laughs> so you've been warned. 
All right, we're in the know now. God, that makes me really want to go use the upstairs restroom. <laughs> <laughs> you have, uh, I mean, if you really want to, I guess you can. But after whatever nightmare happens there, you head downstairs to a dilapidated basement. It looks grim down here. Ooh. It's a little, it's a little mm. leaky. Uh, you know, paint's kind of coming off of the walls, and there's a bunch of, you know, the sort of sad, beaten up metal folding chairs in various circles in various groups. Uh, there's a, you know, a a little a little shrine to Hylax in the corner. If someone wants to make me a culture check uh, to see if they know who Hylax oh. is, then Hylax. feel free. Oh sure. Oh, where'd my character sheet go? I just had it open. Got some upgrades to that too. That would be a twenty-six. <laughs> okay, I hear a twelve. I hear a twenty-six. Relora, are you rolling? Yeah, I haven't updated my character sheet, so this should be a. Oh, I need to bring up roll twenty so you guys can see my rolls. Yeah, and because I have maps and stuff. That you might like to see. Oh my goodness, that's a thirty-two. Wow, thirty-two. Thirty-two. Oh, thirty-one. Okay, and, oh, by one. My bad. Okay. All right. Oh, geez <laughs> that that one that one digit difference really just does it. It's, it's what <laughs> it's what clinches this role for sure. <laughs> uh, Friday, did you roll? Yeah, I got 14. 14. Um, Saren and definitely Relora have heard of Hylax. Ballad and Friday, not so much. You, you, might, you might have seen the iconography around a couple of places, but overall, this goddess wouldn't necessarily be of much interest to you, so it makes sense if you wouldn't have heard of her. Hylax is also known as the Forever Queen, and she's a deity of peace and diplomacy, paradoxically valuing individuality while being primarily worshipped by hive-minded creatures. So she's worshipped by Sharon and Formians, mostly, in the Pact Worlds. And according to Sharon legend, this is this is what I'm going to give Relora for such a stellar role as you get a little more information. Yes. According to Sheeran legend, Hylax was once a Kucharn queen of godlike power who benevolently ruled her people with a gentle touch. She refused to directly issue commandments because she was concerned that she would stifle her people's growth. And when some of her people wished to be one with their divine queen and were refused, they fused their minds together and gave birth to the swarm. From such works as Attack of the Swarm? Yes, from such works (laughs) as that. (laughs) Hylax refused to intervene, knowing that demanding obedience couldn't save them from conformity, and she hopes the Swarm would see the error of its ways someday and return to her. And eventually, Mm. her wishes were fulfilled by Sheerans who broke from the Swarm and then returned to her congregation. So that's... Hylax in general. Um, How appropriate. Yeah. Sheer in form. 
Yeah, so she's a, a lawful good goddess of diplomacy, first contact, friendship, and peace. And she is usually represented by a crowned Sheeran head. So that's the shrine that you see over in the corner. You also see your good friend Tarika is sitting uh, in one of the metal chairs that has some space around it. But before you can approach her, you are intercepted by a Sheeran. Great. Who approaches the four of you, gets right in your way, and goes... Oh my gosh, newcomers, newcomers to our congregation. Oh, I usually don't see non-insectoids who decide to come check out Hylax. This is so exciting. Um, And he especially looks over at Friday and Relora and goes, and, and Ballad, since that's how Ballad is currently disguised. And mammals, mammals at that. <laughs> so exciting. Um, here you go. You're going to want to take a name tag. And he proceeds to hand out, hello, friend, my name is, name tags with spaces to write so your awesome. names. Yeah. I'm Tikchas, and I've been worshiping Hylax for all my life uh what what brings you here what has attracted you to come uh be interested in hylax's power what was your first experience with hylax oh my god my friend our first experience was with our ai friend told us all these great things about the hive mind and where we need to be and how it all just brings everyone together but we have we have Your a friend. AI is a follower of high. You know a true AI. I do. Oh, you are but, blessed wow. indeed. But my friend, I I do want to have this conversation, have this most interesting conversation with you. However, we have a friend who was a part of our hive, who has has disconnected and we're looking to reconnect so you mind giving us a little space so we can we can uh we can hopefully bring them back into the fold and uh he's gonna say that with his diplomacy nice okay great which is now a plus 13 i hate you (laughs) (laughs) and i rolled a six but i got 19 so yeah yeah That actually doesn't do it. That's that's so delightful. I'm so excited. Oh. Uh, if you try oh. to move around him, Tikchas just gets back in your way and just kind of like, oh my god, I know the pain. My goddess, actually. I know the pain when someone disconnects from your hive. But you know, you just have to let them do it because eventually, as Hylax has shown us, they will find their way back. You can see Tarika over Tikchas's shoulder. She is doing her best not to look at you. If you do catch her eye, she makes sh- shaking motions. She, she shakes her head no vigor- vigorously. I think Esk is going to do that uh, take one for the team thing and stop and engage in friendly conversation wanting, I want to learn more. I totally want to use my voice mod thing. Um, but you know, I, I want to learn more. Please tell me more. Um, and, you know, when the mammals use hive, they mean it in the way mammals mean hive, but not the actual hive. Like, oh. <laughs> they try. 
Oh, okay. So it's a cultural misunderstanding. Okay. Well, well but then they my, mean well. Well, then my host friend, uh, let's uh, we should converse, and I can preach to you more about Hylax. Let's uh, let's talk. I absolutely um, adore learning about Hylax. I am I'm basically going to taking that you, position in front of them. Oh, I am going to need you to make me a bluff check. Oh, sweet. Okay. So this is going to be at a plus 13. Would I, could I make an argument to have Brunhilda help out a little bit, but with a diplomacy? Because I think she'll um, chime in when she sees that uh, Relora is fumbling a little bit and kind of go, oh, you know, I really, uh, yeah, I don't know too much about this yet. I, I would love it if you could tell me more. Oh, even one. Ooh. Oh, no. I, my hero point <laughs> dropped it by one. Uh. Oh, boy. Because Ballad actually is interested. <laughs> okay, well, that's nice. Okay, great. I mean, same. So Ballad is genuinely interested. Um, How much do you, how much is, how much is that aid? Does that aid with a plus two? Yes, in a uh, Starfinder, star it's plus two. Okay, it's plus two. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, that, that'll make it to help Angel with his bluff check to keep talking to uh, your new friend here. Uh, there was no other way that Tychus was going to be dissuaded. <laughs> he was going to talk to someone. <laughs> About highlights. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Tick just allows you to pull him over to the side. Balance, since you did aid and it was the necessary aid that pulled Tick's interest over the line, you and you and Relora are both going over into a corner with Tick okay. to learn more about highlights. <laughs> <laughs> leaving Friday and Saren free to go talk to Tariq. Friday's like, hmm, must be losing my edge. Must be the bowler hat. Uh, must be. And, uh, <laughs> okay. I and told you he, your stats are in your hat. <laughs> uh, then he nonchalantly goes and sits next to like not ne- directly next to Tariq. Like I think he keeps a good space from her just in case, mm-hmm. uh, but enough where he can kind of have a sideways conversation without like people noticing. Okay. Saren, do you follow as well? Yeah. And I, I will say, so like while, while Tick just like was talking to us, I think Saren was really, is really anxious and is sort of uh, doing this thing like with your hand where she's kind of like flexing and kind of like, like fing- individually finger by finger and like if the camera were to focus on it like not that she she wanted to do anything but like that you would see that each finger slowly takes on like a ser- or like a bladed edge and then like loses it and like Ooh. you know and then That's fun. you know just sort of like frustrated like sharpening unsharpening sharpening unsharpening right and um and then just uh as, sort of as a manifestation of the shift limb ability. And then we'll sit down similar, similar to Friday nearby Tarika, but maybe facing the other way. So like kind of have 
like whispered conversation over the shoulder to kind of watch the entrance. So once the two of you have settled in, Tarika will finally look at you, looking at Friday first, and then Saren is being like, thank you for meeting me. And also, um, thank you for distracting our very overeager Sheeran friend. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, Tarika? Uh, not great. Uh, I... I, 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 it's not that I hear from Shan a lot. I know that she's very busy with work, and we don't exactly have the best relationship. But I do hear from her every couple of months or so, and I haven't heard from her in four. Uh, and she hasn't responded to any of my messages. And knowing what we know about about our former employers... I have a bad feeling, Friday. Saren, you used to work with Shan. Have you... Have you heard anything from her? Mm, not recently. Um, certainly not since leaving Edgecore. Uh, I did my best to keep in touch for a while, and... Yeah, I mean... I, 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 I wish... Now I wish I'd kept in touch more, but I think just... In dealing with anyone from that time period was still hard for me. So. That's fair enough. Well. Yeah, I, uh. I called you here because I was gonna ask for a favor. I can't. I can't pay, um, anything right now. I could probably. I could probably pay later, but I. Don't even worry about it. Erika. You, you, your family, you don't, you know, we we do things for fan because we want to do things for family. We don't, we don't need pay. Just tell us what you know, what you need, to, what you need, to, you need us to know, so we can get it done for you. Okay, I need you to take the void jammer to Antha and bring my daughter back to me. I know that's a huge ask. And she may not even let you. <laughs> She's real stubborn. <laughs> Sarah <You know>. chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> but if she'll let you, I want her back. Yeah. Um. Oh God. Oh, I guess Waydan gives gives his hardest struggles to his most loyal followers. <laughs> so, but I, I, yeah, um, hadn't ever wanted to, but for Shan, I will. It's about time that I show up for her the way she showed up for me. Trika sort of breaks protocol of like what what she'd set up the meeting for, and she'll she'll reach over and grasp your grasp whatever bit of you she can reach with her tiny little clawed tiny little clawed paw. <laughs> Give you a squeeze. Saren Saren is sp- like has probably a different. Like has that um, anxiety sparkle happening, but mm-hmm. also there is a solidity to the light 
that indicates a degree of determination that she doesn't usually have. And she will in turn grip I keep wanting to call her Shan. We'll grip mm-hmm. Tarika's hand and just be like, you're at least, you know, as someone with a history of, well, as someone with a bad mother, it's important that you're showing up for her now. I appreciate that, Saren. I really do. Need to hear that. I'm not feeling like a great mom at the moment. What about you, Tarika? You you want you want to come with us? Do you want? Are you you're protected here? It sounds like there's might some be some dangerous elements here on the station. Oh, that's want to get away. One of the reasons I wanted to meet here, figured we'd uh, blend in better with all these weirdos. <laughs> I guess I didn't think about them <laughs> blending in with us. She sends a she shoots a look over at Techchus, who's uh, waving waving his little arms around like describing the glories of Hylax to his two to his rapt audience but I'm I'm doing fine I'm actually laying low pretty good uh, I haven't haven't caught any trouble I don't think uh, I don't think my involvement with you is widely known okay well if, if you think that's you think it's good but uh you you know, you know, we always got your back if you need it. I appreciate that. But right now I need you to have Shan's back. And I, I figured out a way to get you on there. Because right now it's uh, nothing but a company town. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're working to terraform the planet into some sort of highfalutin resort. Which, you know, she waves a hand at Sarah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's currently no reason for folks to show up there unannounced, but they're pushing all their equipment to the absolute limit, which means they need a regular influx of replacement parts. And she hands Friday a folded piece of paper with an address in the spike and a shipping manifest. This is a warehouse here on the station where the company's next delivery is waiting for pickup. They're still processing. It's going to take them a couple days. But uh, that seems like a good way in. There is, of course, a catch. And she sort of looks down at her claws and is just kind of like, she's now she's sort of picking at her cuticles. <laughs> Tarika, there's always a catch. What's up? Yeah. Well, the delivery job technically goes to the lowest bidder. But it might end up being first come, first serve. A, a lot of crews want to get in good with Edgecorp, thinking a free delivery shows moxie or something. So uh, you'll have to hustle. Maybe even convince the warehouse workers that they should load your ship in, instead of someone else's. Uh, convincing someone's never been a problem for me. So well accepted. Yeah. <laughs> it looks at you, Jason. Over there at Tic Tac. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't take that too hard, Friday. He's got the he's got the light of the true believer, you know. Those are those are hard to derail. Even with something even with someone as charming as uh, you are. Now the next quest is to get <laughs> separated from uh 
separated from the rest of my crew. <laughs> you take care of yourself, Tarika, and uh, hopefully next time I see you, be with your daughter. I hope so. Take care of yourselves. And uh, keep me updated if you can. Will do. And right at that moment, uh, the host of this meet and greet yells into a bugging into a buzzing speaker, and I mean yells. It is unnecessarily loud <laughs> when one has a microphone pressed up against their mouth. Oh dear. All right then, time for everyone to say goodbye to your old friends and make some new ones. Everyone, switch groups. Far Beyond the Stars is a fantastic <laughs> world's production. Thank you so much for listening to the show. In the meantime, if you can't get enough of us, we also produce a second show, the Fantastic Worlds Podcast, podcast, <laughs> which is based <laughs> on the Reign of Winter <laughs> Adventure Path through Pathfinder 1E. We just wrapped a season of that one. It was bananas, and you should definitely go check it out. We also recommend connecting with our fantastic community on Discord and Reddit or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find links to access all of those things on our website, fantasticworldspod.com. If you would like to support the pod, which we would greatly appreciate, there are a couple different ways you can do it. Our favorite way is, of course, uh, joining our Patreon. Please, oh, please join our Patreon. Uh, you can go to fantasticworlds.cash and you get access to behind-the-scenes content for all of our shows. We also produce a really fun... It's sort of morphing into a variety show, but the the general theme of it is we do a TTRPG spin on Am I the Asshole Reddit threads. <laughs> the show is called Am I the Villain? And we rewrite it uh, to make it a TTRPG story. And then we debate whether or not this person was the villain. It's a really, really good time. So you get that, uh, I believe, at our $6 level? Yep. Uh, for about what you'd pay for a latte a month. So definitely go check that out. You also get our undying gratitude for supporting our Queer Actual Play podcast. I am Abby, your galactic mistress, and you can find me at Bonanza Famine on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Heidi, your chief engineer, Saren Caceres, with a pit in Jure Crystals. Uh, you can find me mm-hmm. at Vamhillian on Twitter. Yeah, at Vamhillian on Twitter. <laughs> and this is Angel, currently Sharon Mode. Sharon Mode. I can be reached at <laughs> Espinoza916. Uh, this is Brunhilda. No, aka yeah. <laughs> this is Je- <laughs> this is Jess. I couldn't think of any good dwarf names. I was like, let me just go super basic. Anyways, this is Jess. Uh, you can find me at Hank the Clank. Brun- the basics totally work. <laughs> Brunhilda, the basic bitch dwarf. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, I'm gonna write a whole uh. Uh, do a whole character. dossier for her <laughs> <laughs> uh this is your ever loving dustin friday francisco charming ass guy you can reach me at dustin alexander if you enjoy our show do us a favor help spread the word to friends and family you may think you think may enjoy the show as well, there are a couple different ways you can do that. You can download the podcast directly onto their phone and press play when they're in the car with you. Oh, uh, yeah. 
that's a real, that's a fun method. <laughs> Another method that's a little less confrontational is you can go to Apple Podcasts or wherever they let you leave a review and you can leave us a five star, five stars only review, <laughs> please. You can just put in the subject line, this is super gay and then leave us five stars <laughs> and we'd really appreciate you. And we will see you next time, Far Beyond the Stars. Do, 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 do. Pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder Adventure Path Fly Free or Die is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2020. All Paizo content is used with permission. Calamity's like, that's for nerds. (laughs) (laughs) What do I look like, a dork? (laughs) (laughs) Shoves you in a locker. (laughs) Give me your lunch money, punk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. 